Okay, so tonight, Bezer Hashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of Shiram on the Lashem Shavuva Chaloma, and picking off from where we left off last week after discussing the Sugya of Shvira Sakelim, the shattering of the vessels in the system of the Lashem, we're going to be picking up in the after effects of this original catastrophe, this constitutive trauma, which leads us off with shattering, which leads us off with chaos, with tohu, with the original breakdown in the plan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that results in the catastrophic, chaotic, mixed up, and difficult, dark space that will eventually become creation of the worlds of Bria Yitzir and Asiya, and in particular, our space within the world of Asiya at the bottom itself. Now, like we said for the Leshem, Shvira Sakhalim is not some negative action that results in a catastrophic symptom which then needs to be elevated, but Shvira Sakhalim for the Leshem was a constitutive act. It was a constructive act which was the full expression of Gvurot, the full expression of the potency of Ein Sof Kavyachol, for the purpose of eventually building based on that potency that was disclosed. Now, according to our limited grasp, this full expression of gvuros, these strong lights of potency in contradistinction to chasadim, could not be contained within their containment vessels, and therefore everything appears as if it is shattered, but in truth, that shattering was for the sake of the building of the worlds. Now, the after effects, at least according to the Arizal, of Olam HaNekudos, of Olam HaTohu, of Shir Sakelim, is something that we refer to as birurim, clarifying these shattered sparks, clarifying these broken vessels, or alias hanitzotzot, like we said that when the vessel shattered, these shattered kalim contained within themselves an irreducible vestige, an irreducible sense of the ore that saturated them prior to that. Like the Arizal tells us, the halacha of the olamos, that whenever the light of Ein Sof rests within something, even if the light ascends again and no longer contains that space, nevertheless, the infinite light leaves an irreducible trace so that even when the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is gone, it can still be found by way of its absence. So these vessels that fell down, that manifested and constituted existence as we know it, contain within themselves vestiges of this light, referred to by the Arizal as Nitzotzot, as sparks of the Or Ein Sof. Our job through Kavanos, through Birurim, through Avodas HaMitzvos, through Tzedakah, through Yisurin, through Emuna and Bitachon, and every moment that we experience in the day-to-day, our job is to experience and engage these broken pockets of energy that maintain our lives, that maintain our space in which we live, and our everyday experiences, and by elevating them, by bringing the light of Amuna into them, we raise those sparks back to their source, back to the light that didn't fall down, thereby elevating them and elevating the nitzotzos that fell. For the Leshem, what's most important to understand is that Tikkun, the process of restoration or rectification of elevating these broken vessels and the light back up to the realm of Or Ein Sof, it is not some yeud, it is not some future point, future temporal destination wherein everything becomes elevated, but it is a perpetual process that is never not happening. It is always already in the midst of taking place. Because for the Leshem, like we saw, there is no Yurida. The Shvira Sakhalim is not considered a catastrophic event when looked at properly. Because when looked at properly, it is simply a symptom of the Koach of the Gvuros, these potent energies that allow HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachol to manifest within this world in a productive, creative, and novel way. Like we said in the Shir before Shvira Sakhalim about the potency and the pleasure of the Gvuros, the Gvuros are what allow us to experience life itself because they are the harbingers and the vehicles of change. Chasadim themselves are devoid of change. They're constant. And in their consistency, they're devoid of experience, of the change and the differentiation that allows human beings to engage in Bechira and to choose to bring the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu down into the world. Now, if we go back to a shir prior to the potency of the Gevuros, we hit the Leshem's Shita in Simsum, which is really the first disclosure of the Koyach HaGvuros, this Koyach HaGvul Bedilti Gvul, like we saw in the name of Rav Kook and the name of Rabbeinu Azriel Megrona, 
that the entirety of existence is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's disclosure of his limited capacity so that unity and the presence of God will not only be confined to the space of the unlimited and the infinite, but the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu can be disclosed within the space of limitation as well. So that Simsim is the giloy of this Hester, this giloy of the Kayach HaGvuros, the revelation of this potency, the revelation of Gvuros. That Gvura then eventually manifests in Shvira Sakelim, and the shattered vessels that fall down are nothing but these potencies, these Gvuros, that are standing at the ready to be elevated and are elevating themselves at every moment. For the Leshem, Tikkun HaOlam, or the Birurim, or the rectification of the fallen vessels, is a perpetual experience whereby every moment that the individual is alive, in history itself, everything is perpetually elevating itself. Everything is moving forward, everything is moving and rushing towards the teleological space wherein existence and history will finally reach its purpose, its tachlis, with the coming of Mashiach, with the eventual rectification of all worlds, which we're going to discuss a little bit later on in the year. Now, this idea that everything is perpetually elevating itself, that there is no yurida hechlatit, that there is no absolute degradation in existence whatsoever, is fundamental to the entire system of the Lashem Shemobachaloma. Because for many other mikubalim, when gvuros are understood as harshness and severity and klipa, then when we look at Shvirus HaKelim, we see a catastrophe and not a constitutive act. When we look at the Tzimtzum, we see an act of concealment and not an act of disclosure of a koach of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So that when we talk about the Gvuros by many Mekubalim, there's an emphasis on the brokenness and the negativity, which stands on its own until the individual comes and is metakin it. But for the Leshem, that approach is walking on the edge of kefira, in the sense that for the Leshem, it was so impossible for him to assume a world where something was not elevating itself. Everything is perpetually moving forward, because the tzimtzum is not a retraction of godliness, but it is a disclosure, a furthering of the affirmation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the world. And the Shvira was not some constant, it was not some destructive trauma, but rather it was a constitutive breakage that allows for building. And the Gevuros are not severe or harsh, but rather they are potent and powerful. So the fact that the world is constantly elevating itself and the fallen sparks are constantly moving upwards is part and parcel of the Leshem's entire view, which is that the Gevuros are the main vehicle of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mode of disclosure within this world that contrary to the typical assumption that the chasadim, the kindness and the mercy and the loving expression of chesed is typically higher than gvura, for the leshem, gvuros in their source, when sweetened in their supernal form, retain an elevation or an ascendance above the chasadim, part and parcel of the messianic ideal of eshes chayla teres ba'ala, that the feminine quality of existence raises above the masculine quality, and that containment on a certain level is higher than expression, and that the severity and the potency of gavura expresses the essence more than the expressivity and the disclosure of chesed itself. So this sugya of the constant elevation of the world and existence at every moment is l'shitaso for the Leshem, who sees tzimtzum, shiras akelim, and the gavuros themselves as simply expressive powers of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and not, God forbid, constriction or judgment or klipa. Now, in order to understand what role this constant elevation of existence plays in the system of the Arizal and as it is interpreted in the writings of the Leshem, we have to look at a particular sugya that for students of the Arizal became a fundamental sugya. And in Chasidus, mainly, it became part of the practical avoda of the day-to-day experience. Now, these two parts of one sugya are going to be referred to as Or Yashar and Or Choser. The straight light that descends from above to below, and Or Choser, which is the reverberating light which ascends from below to above. 
Now, if a person learns Svarim HaKadoshim, the synonymous terms can be Isarusa de la which is the influence and the excitement and the stimulation that comes from above to below, and Isarusa de la which is the stimulation that ascends from below to above. Or in the Lashon of the Arizal and the Rashash makes a big Asek out of this, we're going to have Mayan Dukhrin and Mayan Nukvin masculine waters, which descend from above to below, and mayan nukvin, or man, which ascends from below to above. Now, all of these are synonymous with one another, and the Arizal writes in Mavo Sha'arim, and the Rashash quotes him on this, a very fundamental expression, where he says that the entirety of Kabbalah, the entirety of the Seder HaHishtalshlus, can be summarized with the understanding of this dualism, or the duality of relationship between mayan dukhrim, and Mayan Nukvin, masculine water and feminine water. And this really goes back to what we discussed in our shiur on Gvurot, or the potency and pleasure of Gvuros, which is that everything is at its core comprised of Chasadim and Gvuros. These two contradictory energies, Chesed represents that which descends from on high to below, flowing like water from a lofty space down to a space below it. And Gvura is the fire that ascends from below to above. The Or Yashar is that straight light of Hasadim that descends from the realm of spirituality down to the realm of physicality. The Isarusa de la that comes from above. The Mayan Dukhran, the masculine water which is expressed as Chesed that flows from above to below. And the Mayan Nukfin or the Isarusa de la Tata which is the stimulation and the energy that ascends from below to above. That is going to be identified as an Or Choser. That once HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides Kavyachot to express himself through the system of the worlds from above to below in descending order, the purpose of existence is then to reascend back up to its source through the opposite direction. That when the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu descends by way of Or Yashar and it moves slowly through the Seder HaEshtalshalis from above to below, there is a turning point, there is a rock bottom point, there is an Inyan, like Rabbi Natsan of Nimarov, says all the time in his letters, there is a point when the light that has descended from above to below now begins to ascend from below to above. Now for the Leshem Shabovah Haloma, the entirety of the history of existence and the entirety of Torah and the entirety of Panimiyas HaTorah can be summarized in the simple sense that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, once it was decided in his, in his ineffable will of the infinite, Kad Salik Alma, when the unfathomable desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu arose in an autogenetic sense from within the Sha'ashua Mineyubei, devoid of any external stimuli, HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself through a Koach HaGvul, through a concealing power that was contained within the infinite itself, to descend from above to below to make space for an order of existence that was limited, which can make room for something other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. After HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done his part, Kavyachol, to move from above to below through the Or Yashar, it is our job as the harbingers of redemption, as the Knesset Yisrael, as the Malchusa Kadisha, as the Koyach HaGvul itself, as the capacity of limitation itself, as Rav Kook says, to bring existence back from its lowly state through, to which it descended, back up to Or Ein Sof, thereby disclosing a Tosefes Kishet, an additional adornment that allows for a deeper level of Yichud, because now even difference is contained in Yichud. So there's the Or Yashar from the perspective of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that descends from above to below, and there is the Or Choser, which is the elevation of existence through our Bechira, through our Avoda, that takes the lowliness of existence in its brokenness and in its concealed form back above. For the Leshem, everything is moving back above perpetually, Every moment of existence, every aspect of existence, in all of its manifold forms, whether it is a domain, an inanimate matter, a someach, a vegetative matter, a chai, the animal kingdom, or a medaber, the human realm, everything is perpetually moving itself upwards. All of existence is part and parcel of the trajectory which descends from on high to below, and then curves at the bottom and begins to ascend once again. That there is a point when the light of above hits the limit, 
and it bounces back upwards. That all of creation, all of existence is the experience, is this prolonged duration of the movement from below back upwards. Everything is perpetually elevating itself. Everything is moving upwards in spite of the fact that the world appears to be fundamentally descending and broken. For the Leshem, there was never a question. It was abundantly clear to the Leshem that everything was perpetually moving forwards, that there was no Eureka, that there couldn't be Eureka, that everything was evolving from one level to the next. Because with the creation of the world, things moved from on high to below. And with the experience of the world and human experience and Bechira and all of the Hester and concealment that allows for Bechira, that is all part and parcel of the process of things rectifying themselves, either through human effort or through historical providence, moving upwards in a slow but steady fashion towards the Tachlis of Bria, which we're going to see in the Leshem, is a complex matter. Now, it is not only the Leshem who emphasizes this point. If I claimed earlier and in the series of Shirim on Reish Milin that Rav Kook was influenced by the Leshem with regards to the sugya of Rabbeinu Azriel in the sense that all of creation is the disclosure of the limited power, the Koyach from within the infinite, thereby disclosing a deeper level of infinity because now God contains within himself, so to speak, the infinite as well as the finite. Rav Kook was intoxicated in the holiest sense with this idea that everything in existence, everything in history, everything within the individual is perpetually elevating. There was no Eureka for Rav Kook. And in spite of the appearances of the externality of the world, there was no descent. It's not even that it was a descent for the sake of an ascent. There was no descent whatsoever. Everything was perpetually elevating the Pnimi Pnimius in the Kodesh HaKadoshim of every aspect of existence. There is only forward movement. There is not a single moment in history, in spite of the brokenness of history, that is not a movement forwards, a surge forwards towards the ultimate redemption of existence of the individual and the world at large. And Rav Kook, according to his students, according to Rav Chalap, and according to the Nazir HaKadosh, drew this from the Ramchal. From Rav Moshe Chaim Litzato, Slutzia Gemalenu Tzadikisod Olam Naramchal expresses in countless places that the entire trajectory of history is this curvature which descends from on high to below, but before it hits that irredeemable place, it curves suddenly going back upwards from below to above. So by all of these tzaddikim, by the Leshem, by the Ramchal, by Rav Kook, and really for the Arizal, absolutely, there is no descent in spite of the fact that appearances tell us the opposite, everything is perpetually ascending. All human experience, whether lama'alyusa or legarusa, whether it's a positive feeling or a negative feeling, the inner kernel of our experience is one of rectification, one of purification, one of clarification, and one of elevation. Now, there's an amazing story, and Rav Itchemeyer quotes the story in two places, and it's written in a number of svarim from the base Medrash of Kamarna. They say about the Damasak Eliezer, they say about Rebbe Eliezer, the son of the Kamarna Rebbe, that he used to beg his father to teach him Pneumius Torah. When he was a younger child, he used to ask his father to teach him Eitzchayim, to learn Eitzchayim with him. And the Kamarna Rebbe, kept pushing his son away, his son who obviously would eventually become the Damasak Eliezer, who wrote a remarkable parish based on the Arizal and the entirety of the Zohar HaKadosh. So clearly his begging and his desire was not for naught. But he kept asking his father to teach him Kabbalah. And one day the Kamar Rebbe decided that it was time for him to enter in to the Cheder HaPnima. It was time for him to enter into Pnimia Satora. And the story goes that he opened up Shara Klalim and Eitzchayim. And in Shara Klalim and Eitzchayim, the Arizal writes one reason for the creation of the world. The one reason for the creation of the world in, in Klalim, in the beginning of Eitz Chaim, is that the nature, the determinant nature of the infinite, of the ultimate good with the capital G, is to bestow goodness on his creation which obviously has become popularized and famous because the Ramchal saw this as the crowning jewel of the system of the Arizal. 
in the Ramchal's Perush on Otsros Chaim. We have a few pages from the Ramchal that was put out by Rav Yosef Spinner in the back of Ginze HaRamchal. The Ramchal points out that in Eitz Chaim, there are two reasons for the creation of the world. There's one in the beginning of Igulim Vyoshar, which we reviewed in the past during Simpson Shir. And there's one in Klolim. In Klolim it says, Kichoy Katav In Klolim it says that the purpose of the creation of the world was so that the beneficent goodness with the capital G of godliness can bestow goodness on its creation, can be kind with loving kindness and positivity. In Igulim Vyoshar, on the other hand, it says that the purpose of creation was so that the infinite could disclose all of its potential. And without a creation of the world, there was no space for this potential to be expressed in materialization. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to create a space, so to speak, of limitations so that the names and the energies and the kolchos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of Ra'achum, V'chanan, and all the different names can be disclosed. The Ramchal writes in his Perush on Otsar's Chaim that the first reason in Sefer HaKlalim is the Iker, meaning to say that the fundamental purpose of existence is Kichoy Katoiv Lahetiv that it's only goodness, that there is no ra, that there is nothing bad at its core, that there is no negativity which is absolute, that at the heart of the darkness, at the heart of limitation, at the heart of descent, at the heart of brokenness, there abides a deep elevation which is perpetually churning and moving, evolving and revolving upwards towards the eventual perfection of all creation. Now, when the Kamar Nareba said to his son that it was time to begin learning Kabbalah, he opened up to Shara Klalim and Eitzchayim, and he said to him, and he repeated over and over, Kicho katov lehetiv, Kicho katov lehetiv, Kicho katov lehetiv. And he said, there is nothing that the Arizal or the Zohar is coming to teach other than Kicho katov lehetiv, that the ultimate goodness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is to disclose good upon his creations that there is no destruction, there is no brokenness, there is no darkness that is absolute, but rather everything in its interior of interiors and the Kodesh HaKadashim and the, the Pach Hashemen that remains Tahor and the irreducible goodness is perpetually elevating itself. That even in the brokenness, even in the darkness of Tzimtzum and Gvuros and Shviras HaKelim, there abides a perpetual movement of elevation, of rectification, of clarification, of ascension and rectification. Now, the Leshem commenting in Sefer HaKlalim on these two contradictory reasons for the creation of the world, he points out that people have made a big fuss about the fact that the Arizal seems to posit two contradictory ideas with regards to the reason for creation. And again, he refers back to Sefer HaKlalim, which says that the purpose of creation was of the bestowal of ultimate good, and on the other hand, there seems to be an expression in Igulim Vyoshar and Eitzchayim that the purpose of creation was so that the infinite could manifest infinitude, thereby disclosing all the potential that existed within infinity, without limitation that couldn't be manifested. And the Leshem, Kedarcha Bakodesh, who operates in the realm of the Arizal, like Rav Chaim operated in the Yam HaTalmud, like we said in the introductory shir, he says that really, in fact, these two reasons are not contradictory. Yes, Kichoy Katoiv Lehetiv that the entire purpose of creation is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to bestow the ultimate good, which is the positive elevation of things, the movement forward, and everything in its rectified state. The fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to reveal his kochos and his potential into the world is in and of itself this perfection. That this or yashar, this descending away from infinity, down into finitude, for the sake of the eventual and perpetual elevation of finitude back up into infinity, thereby adorning infinitude with the capacity of finitude itself, is part and parcel of Kichokatov Lahetiv. That all of the abiding limitation and darkness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu manifests himself within and is malubish within and is engarbed within in this worldliness, and all of the Hester that we experience at the heart of our daily experiences on a collective and general level, as well as a particular of particulars, the klali klalutu beprate pratus, is all part and parcel of kichol katov lahetiv. Because even though it seems that there is a descent away from the supernal oneness of Ein Sof, from the supernal clarity that abides within the realm of vadai, of clarity of everything being revealed, in spite of all of that, suffake and doubt and destruction and darkness allow for a furthering of the perfection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu for an application and an adornment, 
so that that which appears to be fallen and destroyed is in fact perpetually elevating through the lens of Orchoser, through the lens of the Orchoser, this reverberating light, which is always associated with the Gvurot and the feminine principle of returning from below back to above. Now, I want to look at a few sources in the Leshem where he describes this. And again, the same Klal applies that these sources abound within the writings of the Leshem Shobava Haloma. But for the sake of bringing a few sources, we're going to be really looking at Sefer Hadeya Chelek Beis. Sefer Hadeya Chelek Beis, which is really one of the more remarkable pieces or, or manuscripts of the Leshem, is the place where he describes at length this perpetual elevation. The fact that historically speaking, that which appears to be a degradation or a descent is in fact an ascension and a movement upwards towards the ineffable end. Now, the Leshem says as follows, and we're looking right now at Jushe Olamatohu Chilak Beis, Drush Gimel Anaf Dalid. He says, Viaduahu, Shekola Heshtaushulis Tocholamatsias Kula, the Chlalusa Upratiusa that the entirety of the expression of existence, the Seder HaRishtalshlis, the order of the descent from above to below, in its generality and its particularity, that as things are expressed, they move from above to below, or from the interior towards the exterior, that the descent from on high to below seems to be a descent away from the supernal clarity, which is this Oryasha that descends from on high to below, seemingly taking on the parameters of constriction and concealment. And the Leshem continues, and he says that Atzilus goes down to Bria, and Bria goes down to Yesira, and the Neshama becomes a guf, v'chule v'chule, that spirituality descends, that or descends, and it congeals into constriction and limitation. And that's the or Yasha. And, and the Leshem continues, and he says, Amnan, nevertheless, this is only true with regards to their cause, meaning to say the creation of the world. That with regards to the creation of the world, everything is descending from on high to below, thereby taking on the parameters of constriction and concealment. Where that which is high becomes low, where that which is clear becomes muddled, where that which is light becomes dark, where that which is clarified becomes doubtful. But when it comes to their purpose, when it comes to their end, it's the opposite. Because when it comes to their purpose, when it comes to the ultimate purpose of this descent from on high to below, the entire purpose is the Chazara Lamala, is the return back upwards, the returning back to the beginning. From the external to the internal. And from below back to above. Until it reaches the apex, a place higher than that which was revealed prior to the descent. That Tosefet Kishet, that additional adornment, which is the entire purpose of creation. For example, the entire purpose of inanimate matter, vegetative matter, and the animal kingdom is to serve the purpose of the Madaber, to serve the purpose of the Adam. So that which is below the Adam is elevated back up through the Adam. The And so too in this example, everything is elevating back up to a loftier source. The inanimate is utilized for the vegetative, and the vegetative is utilized for the animal kingdom, and the animal kingdom is utilized for the human experience, which elevates things back up to their source. So we see that there is a urida from above to below, but the purpose is the aliyah from below to above. The elu beis habachino, says the Leshem, and these two aspects, she'amarnu, hainu sibas koldavar, the purpose, not the purpose, the cause of everything, which descends from on high to below, the tachlis koldavar, and the purpose of everything, that ascends from below to on high, these are the two aspects of or yashar and or choser, the straight light that descends from on high to below, 
and the reverberating light which ascends from below to on high, that are known to those who study the Arizal, that the Or Yashar, that descends from above to below, this Arusa de la Eila, the Chasadim that descend from on high to below down to the congealed manifestation of concealment, is for the purpose of expressing reality as it is known at the present moment. Or Choser, but the reverberating light, which comes by way of the Gavuros, Oilim Kulam Melamata Lamala. There's an elevation from below to above. To clarify them and to rectify them from rectification to rectification. And to raise them from one level to the next. For their rectification and their final purpose. So here we see the Leshem already expressing explicitly the fact that these two modes of expression from below to, from on high to below, which is what creates the concealment and the shvira and the tzimtzum, and from below to above, which is the perpetual rectification of all of these things, are part and parcel of the same process. That there is no yurida without a necessary aliyah, which is not separate and apart or an effect of some original cause, but it is rather part and parcel of the same expression, to the point that these chasadim and gvuros, this mayim duchrim and mayim nukvin, this or yashar and or choser, this is arusa de la ela and this arusa de la tata, which God forbid appear to be dualistic at their core, are in fact part and parcel of the singular and unified expression of a kadosh baruch Hu. But like we said last week, or two weeks ago, in the shir on gvuros and their potency and pleasure, achas tibar alokim shtayim zushamati, that God speaks one word, and by nature, because of our limited capacity as thinking individuals, we translate it into duality. So we see these binary oppositions, we see these binary oppositions which seem to abide in existence, but in truth they're part and parcel of the same process. That the Oryashar, the descent from above to below, is part and parcel and the cause and the actual effect of the ascension from below to above. Now to bring this point home clearer, we're going to look at the Leshem a little bit later on in Chelek Bey's Drush Gimel, and now we're at Anaf Vav as opposed to Anaf Dalid. And here the Leshem is expressing what happens when that which descended from on high to below through the Shvira, through that breaking, begins to ascend from below to on high, which is the perpetual Tikkun. And the Leshem says as follows, That when all materiality and limitation and Chomer and negativity is clarified and rectified, as Yisra'eb Aliyah, it will become abundantly clear. Eich shekoil shinuyehem enam shinuyim. That in truth, all of the difference and distinction between that which descends from on high to below and that which ascends from below to on high are in fact not separate and apart from one another. And that the abiding differentiation and limitation is not separate and apart from the unity that rests at the heart of everything. But the only difference is their descent away and their movement away from the source and their congealment as they descend. When they are rectified and clarified, this limited capacity that is the vessel for all energy, when it is rectified through the Kedushas Ha'or Shemelamala, from the light that is above, This is quite possibly one of the most important parts that the Leshem comes to describe, and it's going to be the subject of our last year, the 10th year in this series, that everything that appears to be opposite is in truth unified at its core. That in truth, there is only one power to them, and all of them are unified in unity without any distinction or separation. And how do we recognize this unity? And this is going to be parenthetic because we're not getting too deep into this right now. The Leshem says, Hum, Hu al or hadas. 
the recognition of the unity that abides in the difference of everything, in the descent from on high to below, and the ascent from below to on high, the Oryashar and the Orchoser, the Chasadim and the Gvuros, the Zachar and the Nekeva, the Isarusa de Eila and the Isarusa de Latata, the Yediya and the Bechira, the Vada and the Suffolk, the Shvira and the Tikkun, the Geula and the, the Galus, all of that is revealed to be unified through Or Hadas, through the light of knowledge. Asher melamala lamala shume raza de insofis parshamo. That is rooted at the apex of all of existence within the light of the infinite. That descends through existence to those who are osik in this part of Torah. So we see that for the Leshem, everything that appears to be separate and apart, this descent from on high to below, which appears to be destructive and broken, invoking distinction and difference and particularity, is in fact part and parcel of the ascent from below to on high, which is the la'at la'at, the slow-moving durational disclosure of the unity of everything, the fact that everything is perpetually elevating. And now lastly, one of my favorite sources in the entirety of Leshem's manifold writings is going to bring this home as clearly as possible. And here... We're going to be looking at Drusha Yolamatohu Sefer Beis. We're going to be looking at Drush Beis Anaf Gimel. Now, we did utilize this Makor in Os Ches and this Shir on Reish Milin by the, the letter Ches and Reish Milin because the letter Ches, says, if a person remembers, was discussing Shvira Sakhalim and Tikkun HaOlamos, how it's impossible to look at Shvira, it's impossible to look at the descent from on high to below without the immediate and and consecutiveness, and the simultaneity, rather, of the elevation from below to on high. And the Leshem says as follows. He says, Amnan, after describing the existence of negativity, after describing the existence of impurity as a result of Shira Sakelim, as the result of the concealment of light of Ein Sof, that every individual who looks into the matter will be confused and overwhelmed. Now the Leshem is saying something profoundly existential at its core. But because for the Leshem, there was never even a possibility that the world was not constantly evolving and elevating itself, a question like this is not overwhelming, but rather edifying and affirming. But the Leshem says the entire purpose of creation, it would have been understandable if the world was good, says the Leshem. This would have been understandable if history has been positive in any sense. If there is some sort of revealed good in the world, even the majority good, the Leshem is willing to say that even some bad we could deal with. The purpose of creation could be understood if the world was okay. But he says, when we look at the world, when we look at what happens in our lives from the beginning of creation towards the moment, the historical moment that we find ourselves in, he named it Lotov. The world seems to be abundantly operating upon the principle of negativity. And most generations and the majority of the generations are sinning and engaged in negativity. Like the Pasuk says in Devarim Zion Zion, that the goodness of the Jewish people, the goodness of those who recognize the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, are the minimum, are the small. And the Psukim continue, There's no righteous individual who can exist within the world without sinning. And when a person looks at their lives, that from the point that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created human beings in this world, a person finds themselves assaulted from one pain to another, from one mode of suffering to another. And the world is stuttering, and the world is in balance. And a person has no relief and no comfort from their yetzer, from their negative and dark drives throughout the entirety of their lives. So 
to the point that Chazal have decided in their wisdom that it would have been easier for an individual to not have been created. So the Leshem here is asking a question. He says, I could deal with all of this. I could deal with the entirety of the purpose of creation to reveal the good of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the fact that negativity exists within the world because of Shvira Sakelem and the descent from the above to below. But he says, there's no good in the world right now. We don't see any elevation. We don't see positivity. Everything seems to be negative. So where is this positivity? Where is this elevation? Where is this elevation and positivity that abides at the heart of all of existence that the Mikubalim speak about if when we actually look at our personal lives, and the general status of the world from the beginning of creation towards the point that we're in now, everything seems to have been a profound failure. And all of this was revealed explicitly in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the moment of the creation of the world. That a person cannot stand in the face of their nisyonos. And that failure and falling and difficulty and suffolk and concealment and anxiety and darkness are the main principle that we confront in this world. So the Leshem is asking, where is this elevation? Where is this tov that abides at the heart of all of existence? Where is this simultaneity of the ascent and the descent? Because right now, when we look at history from the perspective of duration and cause and effect, it seems that things are negative. It seems that things are painful. And it seems that history is abundantly and profoundly broken. Aha inyan. Rather, the Leshem says, In truth, it is a deep and profound secret. And here the Leshem asks an important question. With regards to Tchiyas HaMesim, quotes the Rambam, which says that Tchiyas HaMesim, the eventual rectification of the dead, and the giving of life towards that which appears to be devoid of life. He says, we need to try and understand why is this a fundamental? And he quotes the Rialbo, the Sefer Ikarim, who questions the Rambam and says, even if we believe that all good and all reward would be experienced in this world and not some future world, why would that take away from any level of observance? So he's questioning, really. The Leshem is saying, why is Tchiyas HaMesim, the rectification and the giving of life and the undeadening of the dead, why is that a, a fundamental to the Jewish faith? Why is that an ikr? And he continues and he says something absolutely profound. He says as follows. In truth, the depth of the matter is that the rectification of the dead, it is not some promise that is reserved simply for human beings alone. But rather, the enlivening of that which has died is something that applies to every aspect of existence, to every aspect of creation throughout the entirety of history. That existence in all of its particularity and the particularity of its particularity, the things that appear to be so emphatically removed from being essential, everything, and everything that each and every individual has experienced in their own lives. Remember, like we said in the name of the Rashash last week, the Leshem quotes very emphatically that the Shvira Sakelem affected not simply the worlds themselves, but each and every individual and all of their experiences. Every strength and power within them of each and every particular, the whole rega varega, each and every moment, throughout the entirety of their existence. Everything stands at the ready to be elevated, rectified, clarified, and purified with the arrival of Tchiyas with the enlivening of the dead, 
with the revelation that that which died, that which descended from above to below, is in fact rectifying itself from below to above. That that which undergoes the spiritual death when it degrades in its spiritual status from the supernal heights down to the profoundly broken lows is in truth rectifying itself and elevating itself and moving towards a deeper experience of life, a blessing of more life. Everything stands at the ready to be elevated and rectified with the arrival of And and the rectification of the dead and the enlivening of that which has died is not simply for the human being. But rather each of the particulars of every aspect of existence and all of the governance throughout the entirety of history all of them will be rectified and renewed with the arrival of And here the Leshem is emphasizing what we've been trying to say in this year, the perpetuality of elevation. The fact that is not some future point that we look forward to, but rather it is something that abides in each and every moment of experience in the present moment. Pre-redemption. Like we said in the name of the Leshem, in the name of the Zohar, in the name of the Grah, that redemption can be tasted even in exile. Through Oro HaMashiach, through the light of Mashiach, through studying Knimius HaTorah, we can preempt the redemption and taste it even when the world is dark. So the Leshem says as follows, he says, The entire concept of Tchiyas HaMesim, which applies to the individual, and the individual is a small world. It is taking place in each and every particular aspect of existence and every moment. Because what is says It is nothing but the rectification of the fallen vessels. It is the purification and the elevation of that which appears to have fallen. Those gvuros, those potencies, those energy pockets, which allow for novelty and intensity and expression and manifestation and effectuation and the intensification of experience and reality, all of that is part and parcel of Tchiyas HaMesim. It's known to those who study the Arizal properly that this elevation, this enlivening of the dead, is something that takes place at each and every moment. And it takes place within all of the shattered vessels and the dead kings which have died at the moment of Eidamatohu. They are perpetually elevating themselves and clarifying themselves at every moment. And they're perpetually elevating themselves and rectifying themselves throughout the entirety of existence. In every aspect of existence, the inanimate, the vegetative, the animal, as well as the human. Which takes place within each and every particular. This is what gives birth to Pu'ulos HaChadashos. Leshem asks the question, he says, you think the world is descending. You think the world is stuck in darkness. But when you look at the world, the world is perpetually moving and active. And that, even, that which appears to be broken is in truth a movement upwards. Everything is perpetually moving. There's no rest to the existence from its elevation, even for a moment. Like the Pasuk says, Asher Balar Elohim La'asos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that he created the world in order to act, that there should be perpetual activity, moving from below to above, to disclose their energy and their power and their potential from interior to exterior. And everything is for the purpose of the Adam, everything is for the purpose of Bechira. And every moment there is an actual because everything is beginning to be alive again after it has fallen and died. And they were stuck and they were stuck in the depths of the abyss, in the depths of darkness. 
Belishum Chiyas Klal without any life whatsoever. Vaata and now him Oilim Mishadshim Beoyter Sefes Or Bebracha Harbe Mamish Shayu Mipodem. And everything that has descended from above to below, everything that appears to has died, everything that appears to be a descent and a breakage and a concealment is in fact perpetually elevating itself and renewing itself, disclosing the simple truth that in spite of the brokenness of existence, in spite of the external harshness of Gvuros, the depth and the interiority of Gvura is the pleasure that will be revealed in the future is the ta'anug of experiencing life, is the simple fact that without concealment, without differentiation, without breakage, without concealment, there is no hasaga, there is no concept of chidush, of something new, of joy, of pleasure, of the ma'rav tufrasher tzafun nereyecha, of the great goodness that is concealed dafka and specifically within the darkness itself. These gvuros are the shorash of everything, of Eishas Chayla Taraspala, of the eventual elevation of the feminine above the masculine, to show that really the tzimtzum itself, Hashem's constriction itself, is a deeper revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachol than had HaKadosh Baruch Hu not revealed himself through the tzimtzum. Because through the tzimtzum, through gvuro, through yurida, through destruction, we are capable now of elevating destruction back up to unity to show that unity does not only abide within construction and goodness, but it abides within destruction and that which appears negative as well. Over the next two weeks, Bezra Hashem, we're going to have a series of shirim which are going to show two different ways that the world elevates itself. One is going to be through human activity and bechira, where the Leshem becomes the most psychological that he is. And the next is going to touch, the ninth shir is going to touch on one of the Yesode Hasugyos of the Leshem, which is the concept of Neira Alila, the historical unconscious, the fact that beyond bechira, beyond choice and human effort, there is a historical unconscious that is perpetually moving history forward, even in the darkest nights of history. And then finally, in the 10th year, we're going to come to see how the system of the Leshem, very much like Rav Kook's system in Reish Milin, and very much like any other system that I give shir on, is coming to disclose the fact that unity emboldens itself and grows and manifests in a ofen pili, in a wondrous way, when we show that that which appears to be broken, that which appears to be fallen and dark, is in truth part and parcel of Kedusha, part and parcel of light.